Hey everyone, happy 2016. Um, glad to be back with you guys, glad to be podcasting again. And I found this great new app online called Zcast, C-Z, you know, Z, like the zombie, uh, C-A-S-T dot C-O. And it's a great way to just log in and start broadcasting. It's almost like you have your own little radio station and you can invite other people to, to um, talk with you. So I had the first podcast with it tonight and I invited Craig Egan a uh, good friend of mine, he lives out on the West Coast. Uh, he does a lot of online activism against anti-vaccine people. You could call it trolling, but it's it's a form of art, so it's not quite just trolling. And I also invited Miss Brianna Morgan. She is a public health person, uh, data, uh, you know, just overall great person. And lives up in Philadelphia, and so I interviewed them both today on a on Zcast, and we had about a dozen people log in and listen to us. Uh, for about half an hour, and I'm gonna post for you the recording. The sound quality is not all that good because Zcast is still working on their sound quality issues, and you know people didn't have professional microphones where they were talking to us from. So it sounds a lot like they're on a on the phone, and I'm here recording. So just bear with it. Um, it was a great great uh, talk. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I hope to be able to do it again with other public health people and other people just in general in the future. So here it is. It's about 34 minutes long, thereabouts. Not not too long, not too short. And we started talking with Brianna about the imposter syndrome, which is, uh, she'll, she'll tell you what it is. It's very interesting. It's something that a lot of people um, not necessarily suffer from, but that a lot of people live with it. And so, including myself, and I think you'll, you'll relate to what it is. It's not a uh, complete... Uh, a disease or anything like that. It's just one of those quirky things about being human. So the recording begins with her telling us about imposter syndrome. I hope you enjoy and we'll talk later. So Brianna. Yeah. Tell us about imposter syndrome. Uh, it's, it's hard to figure out where to start with that one. But so definitions first. Yes. Uh, imposter syndrome is the idea that you are an imposter of some kind and that you don't deserve your achievements or your accomplishments and that the world is about to find out that you are a fraud. Oh. <laughs> I totally have that. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I wake up and I'm like, is this the day when they're going to find out that I'm not all that? Right. That I, I snuck into uh, uh, Johns Hopkins University, you know. Yeah. No, but uh, but seriously, though, I, I sometimes feel that way when I'm when I'm in school because I'm in this, this university where everybody is very bright, very intelligent. They're also very young. Um, I'm in my mid-30s, and a lot of them are there straight out of undergrad. They went from their undergrad straight into a master's program, or from undergrad to master's to a doctoral degree. So they're in their at least mid-20s, uh, early 20s, and at most, they're mid to late 30s, with some exceptions. And they're incredibly bright and incredibly intelligent. Um, and so I'm kind of like just sitting there like, what am I doing here? What, you know, and how did I get here? And I have plenty of people that tell me, you know, your life experience, the things that you've done in public health, um, you know, and, and and your previous studies got you here. And I just think, like, no, I'm not as smart as these people. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna kick me out because they're gonna be like, no, you're not as smart as, as they are. 
Um, I'm working on it. I've, I've, you know, that whole daily affirmation thing of you're, you're, you're smart enough. <laughs> and doggone it, people like you. But, uh, yeah. So how do, you, um, how do you deal with it then, Brianna? Well, there are a few different ways. The reason I got into this whole imposter syndrome thing is the same way as I get into most stuff, uh, particularly in public health, which is I was reading a lot of articles about it, and I felt that almost everybody was missing the point and got really mad. And so I did a lot of research independently, uh, not formal research. I don't have an IRB. It's not official of any kind. Um, but I started reading business articles that were primarily directed toward women, and the conventional wisdom is just kind of take it to you. And I think that's a crap way of dealing with things. Hmm. Um, mostly because you wind up with people in leadership positions, and generally imposter syndrome gets worse as you progress in your career or whatever it is that you are feeling impostery about. Because the weight of the expectation becomes bigger and bigger, and the, vis- the visibility is worse. Huh. And so the fake it till you make it, you wind up more publicly feeling incompetent you know that you're faking it wow all right i see that we have a few people joining us so who uh, for all of you that are joining us we're talking about imposter syndrome with brianna morgan um out of philly she's telling us about how people are in a situation in their lives where they're they um is it is it that you just you just you feel that way right it's not it's not that you're actually faking it. It's, it's that you just feel like you're faking it, correct? Right. People who have imposter syndrome aren't actual imposters. Um, but real imposters are just imposters. They don't have a syndrome. Yeah, no, that's the pathological, you know, the scammers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Gosh, no, I, I can totally relate to, not the scammers, but I can totally relate to just feeling like, you know, you... Fake it till you make it. Um, so I see that you have a, a, what was that thing coming up on the 28th? What's yeah, all that I'm about? Yeah, talk at Panama, which is the Philadelphia Area New Media Association. Um, and our meetings are held at Wharton. And so we're doing a talk on it. Uh, one of my friends and colleagues and I are sharing the stage, as it were, to talk about imposter syndrome again. We've talked about it a couple times before. So what's the main thesis of your talk? Well, what's the main thesis? The idea is to help people recognize imposter syndrome in themselves and kind of start to talk about it, which is where we left off last time we did a talk about it. We did it at Bar Camp Philly in November. And my idea is that if people discuss it more and start to realize it's not just them and bring it into the light, uh, that it will kind of create more of an atmosphere of, well, we all don't really feel like we know what we're doing, so how can we combine our knowledge in a way that you know, helps us do the best job we can hmm. with humility and so how much of it do you think is not self-imposed? How much of it do you think that other people impose it on you? Like people that treat you like maybe you don't know what you're doing, even though you do. Personally, um, 
it comes mostly from me. But I also have started to realize that most of the people who seek to make other, others feel that they don't know things are just deeply insecure themselves. Hmm. Yeah, no, I've, I've been there too. God, is there, <clears throat> it's like, this is like therapy almost, like, oh, that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is for everyone, too, right? Nobody wants to stand up and say, I'm in charge of a bunch of things and I feel incompetent. <laughs> yeah, no, when, uh, when I was working at the state health department, there were times when somebody would praise, give me praise over something that I did, and I was kind of like, mm, it was, it's not that big of a deal. Not because it wasn't a big deal, but it was because, like, I was like, um, you know, I'm not worthy of it. I'm not, you know, I, I just did what I had to do, and why are you praising me for something that I, I had to do? And, like, I'm laughing because, like, so many other things, it comes from your parents. It comes from your, it comes from my mother being, you know, like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be too proud of doing your job. You're doing your job, goddammit. Like, all right. So, Liz is posting some, some uh, links to uh, Caltech uh, on the imposter syndrome. Thank you, Liz, for that. We should just have Liz on retainer as our research person to uh, be posting things on here. And so, speaking of imposters, let's talk to Craig Egan real quick. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm well, Renee. How are you? Uh, I, I am buried in snow, but otherwise fine. Oh. A little bit. Oh, As I told you before, I, I was a little bit depressed that all this snow was not cocaine because uh, I could have just. I could have been. I could have had a, a, a really. I could have had a really productive day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, don't. I'm just joking. Don't do cocaine. It's it's bad. Yeah. So, Craig, you you have an interesting. You have a very interesting history, um, when it comes to your activities online. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you, as best as you possibly can, without giving too much away, can you summarize okay. summarize the things you have done? Ah. Uh. So, about three years ago, I stumbled into the world of anti-vaccination nuts, and uh, it kind of went downhill from there. I, um, I went to, I, a friend of mine posted some anti-vaccination meme that was, you know, patently ridiculous, and I, I looked at it and was like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> like, to me at that time, I had no idea that there were those people out there. I thought people who didn't believe in vaccines were kind of like people who didn't believe in dinosaurs. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I knew they were out there, but you, when you run into one in the real world, it's like, wait, wait that's fucking stupid. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding, right? And so um, I went to uh anti-vaccination page and asked them a couple of polite questions about why they, why they have these beliefs, and they immediately banned me. Yeah. And I made, and, and for some reason, I just set me off and I kind of made it my life's goal at that point <laughs> to, uh, to get around on uh, Facebook pages and uh, to give anti-vaxxers um, the responses they deserve. And, and, and from there on, it just kind of got weird. I've got dozens of Facebook accounts. I've figured out how to get around all the security measures. I've, uh, I've made a lot of enemies. And I've made a lot of friends. <laughs> so, no, yeah, certainly. Certainly you made some enemies. I've, I've seen how mean some people have been 
have been towards you and towards other people as well that and, and Liz uh, can can attest to this as well that they these people who are against vaccines for whatever reason many of them uh, I wouldn't say all of them and I don't know I don't know what the data out there is about the proportion of them that get this way but many of them can be evil just downright evil and it's just it's scary that people can be that way I mean it's one thing to say I'm afraid of what a vaccine can do to my child and base it on some sort of pseudoscience or some sort of anecdotal information but to then take it a step further and say vaccines are poison and they're part of a worldwide conspiracy to depopulate the earth and I'm going to kill you because you're promoting vaccines that's wow that is just that is just crazy well, that's the, well, that's that's the jump, and that's why it's, that's why the anti-vaccination and any conspiracy theorist stuff, because really, the anti-vaccination stuff is really it's just another conspiracy theory. But sadly, it's a conspiracy theory people are using to make medical choices with. So it kind of puts it in a different category. But it's it's no different than thinking the moon landing's fake or that you know the the Jews are controlling the banks or, or whatever. Yeah. But but that's the scary thing about it is. If the government really was trying to poison and kill all of us, then then a then a violent response might be justified, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if somebody was if that really was going down. So that's why it's so dangerous to put that 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 thought out there, that that, that belief out there and to push these conspiracy theories. Because you, you can't you can't say that the world's coming to get you and not expect people to lash back. It's it's, it's you're playing with fire there. It's yeah. Really yeah. No, and I, I I remember the way that it started with me. I mean, I knew that they existed and I knew that they were a, a, a little bit of a problem in public health, but I didn't pay too much attention until one day I was driving back home from uh, work. And interestingly enough, interestingly enough, and do not judge me over this, okay, people out there in the world, do not judge me. I was listening to Fox News on the radio, <laughs> which right there, red flag, right? And so there was this guy who was guest hosting for Bill O'Reilly. Again, don't judge. Do not judge. And um, and he was hosting for Bill O'Reilly, and he had on a doctor who's an ER doctor. And she was talking about the uh, 2009 flu um, pandemic that was going on at the time. And so she, there was this young lady from the Washington, D.C. area who got her flu vaccine. She got the regular flu vaccine. She didn't get the, the pandemic strain. And uh, after receiving that vaccine, she started reporting that she had some neurological symptoms. And these symptoms were kind of weird because they were not seen in... Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Mariana. She's judging me. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, so she, she couldn't walk... Uh, correctly she couldn't talk correctly she said she was having seizures but then she said that when she ran backwards she was able to be okay and that kind of set off red flags in my mind about well you know first of all what's this syndrome that she's displaying and second of all has it been seen before in vaccines and so I did some research when I got home and um and there was there was really nothing to it like it was it was unheard of for somebody to get a syndrome like hers after getting a flu vaccine. There are other uh, side effects that you can have from a vaccine, and very rarely you can have some serious side effects that um, that could be, you know, very serious for you. But they're very rare and, and nothing like hers. So I wrote a blog post about it on a on a blog that I had, and I had a, I got a ton of of hits over it because I guess people were paying attention to this case of hers, mm-hmm. and. 
And I continue to dig in some more because Jenny McCarthy's uh, Generation Rescue people uh, basically embraced this woman and were like, you know, look at what vaccines have done to her. And so um, they uh, they were saying, go on on the vaccine adverse adverse event reporting system and look at what the flu vaccine has done to other people. And so this is that that reporting system is a database where anybody can go and say a vaccine did this to me. Whatever that, that is. So people often are very reasonable and they report like redness at the side or pain at the injection or, you know, I felt sore, I felt tired. Uh, but then you get these hits once in a while of people who are attributing some really wild things to vaccines. And so uh, I went in and I looked at all the cases of the flu vaccine and then narrowed it down by uh, age group because they don't have specific age. So narrowed it down by age group and gender. And then narrowed it down to somebody displaying the same symptoms that she did. And I realized that that could very well be hers. Um, and so, <laughs> Melody, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not on, on the, you're not broadcasting. It's okay. You're just listening. So anyways, uh, she, she went to the hospital and was seen by a doctor. And the doctor said that there's an, a strong uh, psychological component to her symptoms. In so many words, uh, she truly did believe that this was going on with her. It's not that she was crazy. It's not that she was faking it. She really did believe that something had happened to her from the vaccine. But it wasn't physiological. It was mental. And so I wrote that up as well and uh, got even more hits. And that's when the people from Age of Autism picked up on me. And they they were relentless, man. They They emailed my employer, who was the state health department at the time, they said all these mean things about me. Um, they emailed me personally. Uh, I think I even got a couple of phone calls at the office, but somebody would call and just hang up and not leave any messages. So <clears throat> uh, from that, I, I went online and I looked at some more coverage of this story, and that's how I, I kind of uh, found um, some of the other pro-vaccine and even some of the other anti-vaccine blogs uh, uh, out there and kind of like started networking with those people uh, and kind of just got into the habit of when you see something uh, that is a bit of misinformation about vaccines to try to refute it. And it can be exhausting as you, as I'm sure you, you can, you can attest to that, Craig. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was, whew, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And even, even ah. until, even until recently, and you saw this, Craig, they post, when they posted my home address and phone number, um, on their Facebook page, that was nuts. Oh, I've, I've had my home address, uh, or what they thought was my home address, like an old address posted. I've had my phone number posted. I've had where I work posted pictures of my kids. Uh, yeah, I've had, uh, I had the FBI call me at work. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of funny. When an FBI agent uses the word trolling, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and when you say to somebody, you know, I'm a troll, they take it in a negative connotation. But I think you're you're trolling for the for the greater good, I guess. You're kind of like yeah, well, among among trolls, you're the Batman, I guess. <laughs> I was, it's like anytime I get into a discussion with people about vaccines or anything, uh, I would like you know above board civil rational discussion where we can all you know talk it out right but uh that's kind of impossible with anti-vaxxers many of the times they will if if they're not if, if they don't start out swinging sooner or later they just block you and they'll ban you and they'll delete your posts and they'll 
really they try to control the conversation by by you know editing it yeah yeah and unfortunately a few of them have a, a lot of uh, authority because they have they have doctoral degrees or they have medical even medical degrees um, or there are chiropractors who call themselves doctors, but we'll that, leave that discussion for another day. Um, and, yeah. and so people, people believe what they have to say blindly without really checking the sources of the information, and it's, it's scary. And you see the consequences of it in the measles outbreaks and the, in the children that die from pertussis and uh, kids that die from um, uh, subsclerosin panencephalitis, which is a, a, a complication of measles, etc., and uh, we have one of our listeners, Melody Butler. Uh, she can she could tell us stories too about the complete, the bad things that happen when people don't vaccinate. But maybe that's another that's another podcast uh, some other day. So, Craig, um, what's what's your biggest um, other than, what's your biggest accomplishment? I think would be the the good question to ask you. So, well, when I, when I okay, so when I first started. The first anti-vaccine page I ever ran across was called uh, Proud Parents of Unvaccinated Children. Yes. And they had yes. about 20, 25,000 members. Right? Yes, yes. And uh, I just relentlessly made fun of them for two months straight until they finally took themselves offline. And so that was that was kind of the big the big splash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I played uh, Sherry Tenpenny, who's an anti-vaccine doctor um, out of Ohio. Uh, I annoyed her on her page enough that she called the FBI on me. She, uh, she, uh, she doesn't like me very much. And, um, I don't know, but, but really the biggest, the biggest accomplishment I have is I have like 20 or 30 emails from people that I don't know. Just people who said I was into the anti-vaccine, didn't vaccinate my kids and came along and now I do. And so, um, those, you know, people, people send me thank yous saying, oh, hey, you showed me that those people are crazy. Thanks for uh, pointing that out. And uh, my kids are safer for it. So. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the, I think that's uh, one of the things, uh, the, the fortunate side effects of, um, of this discussion that we're having online is that when it comes to the people who are sitting on the fence or people who have questions and they see a rational um, counterpoint to an anti-vaccine point, they, they they get it. They they really do understand, and they they realize that maybe vaccines are not depopulating the earth. Maybe you know there is something to this whole thing about stopping these vaccine preventable diseases. Right. Yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people say. You know, don't, don't you know think about the fence sitters and and and, and keep it civil in that in that respect. Uh, but yeah, no, it's whew. It is. It well, I've got a, a kind of two-pronged approach when it comes to that. Um, I definitely keep it civil to the fence sitters. I mean, directly. You know, if somebody's worried about their kids, I have all the compassion in the world for that. Uh, but the anti-vaccination, like, advocates out there, the big anti-vax pushers, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think th th there's no sense in, in really trying. They're not going to change their mind. But if they do, it's not going to be me, right? Uh so they, I think they really just need to be marginalized. I think they just need to be shown how exactly crazy they are. If you know, if you've got, I mean, if you scratch the surface of any anti-vaccination nut, they're also a chemtrail nut, and they they believe in some crazy conspiracy theories. And if you can just really kind of bring out the crazy and show how crazy <laughs> those people are, a lot of the fence sitters will look and say, "Oh, wait a minute, this guy's not. Let me listen to this guy again." So I'm I'm good at that sort of. 
Yeah, no, no, you are. Mad, mad props to you, as, as they say online, I guess. The kids do. Uh, and so earlier today, when we were, when we were testing out this Zcast thing, uh, we, we were talking about our mutual um, little project that we engaged on, uh, the Circumcision Circus. That, that's a discussion that I don't much anymore. I'm... Most people are crazy too. And I, and it's not as clear cut as vaccines, so no pun intended. Understand, but the people who are involved in that argument are scary, and I'm just going to stay away from them. <laughs> yeah, no, they can get very, uh, very militant about it. And yeah, <laughs> my God, yes. I'm not even familiar with those. <laughs> what? You never heard of the the intactivists? The intactivists. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, allow me to educate you, young child. Uh, so <laughs> there is this group of people out there who believe that um, uh, circumcision is a bad thing, and so they're but they're militant about it. So you know you can have your opinions about about the penis uh, if if it looks good one way, if you know if, if it be more of a turtleneck kind of a situation versus a crew neck. Uh, but these people take it to a whole new level. And so they say that you are scarring the, if you do it as a child, uh, as a newborn, uh, you are scarring the child uh, psychologically, physiologically, that they'll never be the same, that they'll never get to enjoy the pleasures in life, if you know what I mean, uh, like an uncircumcised person can. And so then they take it a step further, just like the anti-vaxxers, and they, they come up with scientific sounding things about circumcision and they say you know uh uncircumcised or or circumcised people are more likely to get this or uncircumcised people are less likely to get that and they just and and they're very militant about it and so craig and i a couple of years ago (laughs) liz liz agrees that they're over the top so craig and i a couple of years ago we created a facebook page called circumcision circus where we 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 sung the praises of being circumcised, and we did it with memes and just you know jokes and stuff, and the intactivists showed up and they were they were crazy and one of the the funniest bits was somebody who actually went and took a picture of his foreskin and posted it for us to see how beautiful and wonderful his foreskin was and Facebook didn't do anything about that, but when I took a screen capture of that and like reposted it and said, look at how crazy this is. Uh, he complained that I was using his image or his copyright or his name or whatever. And Facebook blocked me for a whole week. So that was kind of, that was kind of crazy. And you know, they would come on and there, and we had, we had a good, uh, a good fun with it for about a week or, or two weeks with it. But then we shut it down because it was getting a little bit out of control and it was just not, not fun anymore. Uh, I had my my Facebook profile um, blocked for a whole week at a time when something happened in the family and I needed to communicate with my family back in Mexico and it was easier to do through Facebook than calling because of long distance and all that. And so that it was bad timing in that respect, but it, it was really it was really interesting to see some of the reactions from the intactivists and and again it's it's that spectrum of people who have a belief and then they just. And they just run with it, and it's it's crazy. And yes, Liz mentions the AIDS denialists too, and uh, those those people as well. Uh, those people, I think, uh, more so than than the intactivists or the anti-vaxxers. I think that 
AIDS denialists are truly um, a danger to everybody. They're they're very they're they really are a danger because they uh, many of them um, many of them are scientists. Many of them are ed- well, they should know better, and then they go in and say that no HIV doesn't cause AIDS or there's no such thing as HIV. And that, that can get people killed, uh, and it has. It has gotten people to, uh, who have been diagnosed with HIV to not take their medication, and then they get AIDS, and they, they unfortunately uh, pass away because they, they believe in their heart of hearts based on the information sent out by the uh, AIDS uh, denialists that they didn't have AIDS. And, uh, or you have people who engage in risky practices, uh, even though they're HIV positive or with HIV positive people because they've been sold this idea that there's no such thing as HIV, there's no such thing as, as AIDS, and that's that's a huge, huge problem. Um, but, we again, I'm just picking up all these things that we can probably talk about in, in, in later later podcasts. So, uh, with that, I think we're going we're gonna to call it a day. We're at uh, almost 35 minutes. I'd like to thank Craig Egan uh, joining us all the way from the West Coast or the Left Coast, as those of us who listen to Fox News would say. <laughs> uh, thank you for the pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And now, now Craig is on Twitter finally after yeah many years of not being or being online but not being on Twitter. And thank you, Brianna, to uh, uh, who is joining us from Philly as well, Brianna Morgan. Uh, thank you for your insight into imposter syndrome. Um, I look forward to your talks. I think I'm going to go try to show up to the next one uh, if I get out of the, all this snow. And uh, thank you for everybody who's listening in. Uh, I think we're going to probably do this again um, soon, uh, sooner if, than later. I, I, I certainly had a lot of fun. Uh, and thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, commenting. Remember to hit the little blue heart there to tell us how much you liked it. And if you didn't like it, well, that's, that's very much your problem and not ours. So thanks again, guys, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you.